everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Best Damn Sports Show on Stereo, the Young Black and Bothered Sports Desk. I'm your boy Q, and goddamn, we've been gone for a long time, and a lot has happened in that time. Woo, excuse me, out of roughness, so she's um, climbing the hill that leads to my apartment. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be out of breath for like a few seconds. But anyway, we are here. Louis here. Greg is here. Greg is playing the part of me tonight, <laughs> broadcasting from the special happy place that we like. And Cashley is here. How y'all been? It's been a while. Yeah. What's been going on? Mm. Apparently, Q's tired from walking the hill, so... Um. <laughs> Uh, not much going on here. Just same old, same old. It has been a while since we've all been here. Uh, just ready to get back into it, I guess. All right, that's Can you hear me? <clears throat> yep, we hear you loud and clear. Oh, okay. Yes, yes my, my mic is muted for some reason on the app. <laughs> Stereo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And Greg, what about you? If you're in the quiet space now. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Bobby Brown's in the background. And I'm going to be quiet for the most of this, but I'm telling you when I bring the heat, I'm going to. It's been a while. It's been a month and a half. So I hope y'all ready. And I'll be quiet. All right. Well, it hasn't been a month and a half. It's been a month. It's been a month. But, um, yep, we are here. We're ready to get it get it on, get it popping, um, and we'll start things off first, leading off with our wrestling update, and I know there's been a lot going on, we had a, a, a pay-per-view this weekend, uh, if I remember correctly, yeah. so tell us all about it. Yes, well, big wrestling weekend, um, it honestly, I won't say it had a WrestleMania feel quite yet, but it was on its way there. So that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, of course, for their second annual joint effort called Forbidden Door. And I can honestly say that they won up themselves from last year. Um, I think last year there was they were feeling out how to actually put on a joint show. So, you know, there was a lot of high spots and then there was some, no, that didn't work out too well, but I think they really found their stride um, this year. Um, this year's Forbidden Door was held in Toronto at Scotiabank Arena. Um, very, very enthusiastic crowd. I don't think I saw one empty seat in that arena. It's totally sold out, packed show. Um, very energy packed card. So I'll go ahead and get started from the top. Um, of course there was a, I think about a half hour long pre-show. Um, and some of those matches included the mobile embassy versus, um, El Desperado and chaos. Uh, another was the Owen Hart foundation tournament quarterfinal match, um, with Athena defeating Billy Starks. 
Um, also, we had the United Empire facing Los Ingobernables de Japón with LIJ picking up that win. And then to start off the main card, we started off with the AEW World Championship match with uh, current champion MJF facing the ace of the universe, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, I think this match really stood out uh, for storytelling purposes. Um, MJF really did a good job of really working with Tanahashi. As we all know, even though he's the ace of New Japan, you can kind of tell that his body's starting to slow down on him a bit. Um, But because of his no-quit attitude, he's definitely going to try to keep going as long as possible. But MJF did pull away with that win. And then follow up with the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament quarterfinal match. Uh, CM Punk faced uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling OG Satoshi Kojima. And shout out to Kojima, who at 52 years old still moves quite well in the ring. So really shout out to him and shout out to him and Punk really putting on a really good match. And the Toronto crowd made their feelings with CM Punk well than known. So <laughs> they don't like him at all. So <laughs> that was one of the best parts of the match. It was definitely the crowd. Um, next up was the AEW International Championship match with uh, current champion Orange Cassidy facing New Japan World TV champion Zack Sabre Jr. versus a Ring of Honor Pura champion uh, Shibata versus Daniel Garcia with Orange Cassidy pulling out that win. And this is a really good match because you had at least two very technical wrestlers with Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. in this um, match, but yet it was still all gelled together and it was still very much entertaining. So shout out to them and shout out to Orange Cassidy for retaining. Next up, we had the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match on the line with current champion Sonata Ludoki in his uh, corner facing Jungle Boy Jack Perry with uh, Hook in his corner. Um, I think initially when folks heard about this matchup, it was like, mm, Sonata versus Jungle Boy. However, they were able to build up a nice little story by, you know, trading little jabs online and things like that. So I think they built the story up themselves. And that's what made this match interesting after all. Um, Sonata, of course, uh, was able to retain the title. And of course, Jack Perry did turn heel and turned on hook at the very end. So that's going to be a story developing. Next up, we had a five-on-five grudge match with the Blackpool Combat Club uh, versus the Elite. So that's Hangman and Page and Matt and Nick Jackson, Eddie Kingston, Tomohiro Ishii. Um, this was a very hard-hitting match, so it was nothing cute, nothing real technical, just very hard-hitting. So, And oddly enough, John Moxley did not bleed in this match. I absolutely cannot believe he kept all his body fluids in his body this time. <laughs> I'm shocked. Okay. <laughs> um, but the Blackpool Combat Club was able to pull out that win. So shout out to them. Um, next up, we have the AEW Women's World Championship match with current champion Tony Storm facing New Japan Strong Women's Champion Willow Nightingale. Um, I don't think enough people take Willow, Willow Nightingale seriously enough. Um, she's very strong and she's very good in the ring. Um, outside of a very positive attitude, which 
obviously draws you in. I, I just don't think people take her seriously, seriously enough. Um, but hopefully people did after this match. But Tony Storm was able to um, pull out the win, uh, even though it was a dirty win, but she was able to pull out the win nonetheless. Um, next up, which arguably will be match of the night and probably contender for match of the year. We have the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match with champion Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Um, man, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with this match. That's how good it was. And as you know, these two have a history. Um, when Kenny Omega initially left New Japan, the torch, I guess you could say, was passed on to Will Ospreay. Um, and they met at this year's Wrestle Kingdom. Will Ospreay was the current champion, and of course he lost to Kenny Omega. Um, and that match was awesome. So if you haven't seen it, go back and watch that one. And this one, I think, was the final chapter in this story, and that's definitely the way it was kind of told. But Will Ospreay was able to defeat Kenny Omega and win his title back. Yeah, ma- match of the night. And like I said, match of the year candidate. So this this was an awesome match. Uh, moving on to the trios match. We have Darby Allen, Sting, and LIJ's Tetsuya Naito, who the crowd just absolutely popped for. Like, this was just an awesome addition to um, this match. Versus uh, Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara. I can honestly say I actually enjoyed this match. Um, I think when you get uh, six-man tags, it can kind of go either way. But I actually enjoyed this match. So um, Darby Allen, Sting, and Tetsuya Naito were able to pull out this win. And I think the crowd really enjoyed this one as well. Now on to the main event. Um, Brian Danielson faced uh, Kazuchika Okada. You know, I think if someone said that this was match of the night to them, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, I think this was one of those dream matches that everybody wanted. So it's like, okay, let's put this one together. It's not that it wasn't going to be good, but it definitely had dream match written all over it, and it definitely delivered. Um, Brian Danielson did get hurt midway and was able to make Okada tap out with a fractured arm. So shout out to Brian Danielson. Apparently he will be out from six to eight weeks before recovery. So yeah, definitely wish him a speedy recovery and shout out to him and Okada. They really told a really good story with this one and matched which for wits and, you know, Brian Danielson was a better, better competitor. So yeah, that was uh, AEW Forbidden Door in a nutshell. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say I give this event an A. I was very happy with it. I think the matches had a very nice flow. I don't think there was a point in this match where I said, okay, I'm I'm gonna go to I'm gonna have a bathroom break. <laughs> it wasn't that kind of event at all. Um, and I think I I think WWE should really really take notice at this point because they have to step their game up. AEW is consistently putting on good events right now. And I think their relationship with New Japan and, of course, Ring of Honor is really paying off. So, yeah, if you want to expand your horizons as a wrestling fan, now's the time to do it. And that's my Forbidden Door wrap-up. All right, all right, all right. 
Greg, anything you want to add? I did not get a chance. I didn't give me one second. Okay, I was going to say, I know Greg watched it. Um, So I will let him give his rebuttal or his take on it also. But from the group chat, I could tell that it was, uh, uh, it sounded like a really, really, really good pay per view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shout, shout out to y'all for being amazing. I'm not going to keep you too long. I'm not going to do the 20 minute rant. I will just say um, the WWE really needs to fix themselves if this is what they have to compete with. Not only do they have to compete with AEW and New Japan, they have to compete with the fact that the fans now know what good wrestling is. And the last time I can comfortably say I saw good wrestling from WWE was over five years ago. 2016 to be exact. That was the last time I I actually went back and I was like, what is the last time I saw a pay-per-view that was as good? It was 2016. 2017 up until now has been a lot of the same shit. And Forbidden Door, like, Cashley has been telling us, she's like, hey, like, I need to tune in, you need to do this and this and this. Um, initially, we thought that both pay-per-views are going to be the same weekend. This is how you know the WWE is scared. They moved, I won't say they moved, but they essentially knew Forbidden Door was the same weekend as them. And they put it on a weekend that honestly, nobody's going to be watching their pay-per-view. And I, I can yeah, comfortably say, weekend, yeah. yeah, no one's watching that. It's going to be shit that, ha- you know, that people have on in the background because there's nothing else going on. People are like, okay, great. It's the 4th of July weekend. It's what? At that point, it's what? July 2nd? So mm-hmm. people are going to be watching it because there's nothing else to watch on a Saturday night. And UFC... They know better because they're like, okay, it's the 4th of July weekend. Nobody wants to watch an event on the Saturday of the 4th of July, except for WWE fans. They're like, okay, we need something to watch because we want to compare it to AEW. I can guarantee you, just like Cashley said, like this, and I know you were like kind of like tiptoeing around the fact that like this is their WrestleMania. It was better than WrestleMania with less. I can comfortably yeah, say. With less. For, yeah, less. <laughs> forbidden door like if they if they had the same marketing if they had the same venue if they had the same styling as wrestlemania it's like okay great like we're gonna make this like a two-day event we're gonna go and bring out you know all the stops WrestleCon and all these other like vendors and stuff like that and i'm almost guaranteeing they had certain events they just didn't have it as big as wrestlemania right forbidden door in the next five years is going to surpass starcade now for any wrestling mm-hmm. fan that's an actual wrestling fan, like, mm-hmm. Starcade was like, even when WrestleMania was like, okay, like, it's still WrestleMania, but it wasn't as good as Starcade. People used to say Starcade was better than WrestleMania, and I can comfortably say that that was the case for at least five or six years. So, okay, great, like, Stone Cold, he's in the pay-per-view and everything like that. Rock's in the pay-per-view, but Starcade was always like, no, like, you're gonna get a show. Well, Starcade, the one where they had two rings. No, no what's that? Star that was like War Games side by side. That was War Games. Oh, War that, Games. Was War Games. Right. War Games. that was yeah. War Games. That was War Games. Yeah, but when I when I think about how AEW planned this and structured this, like they put on a, 
I thought the timing was about like 27 minutes. It honestly felt like it was an hour match. It felt like an Iron Man, the way that I think of an Iron Man match. I don't care about the minutes. I don't care about how long it is, as long as it's entertaining. WWE will put on an hour-long like Iron Man match, and 30 minutes of it is outside interference. Like, outside interference. Like, okay, this person is interfering with the match, and they're making up 15, 20 minutes of the match. They had that for this, like, car, but it didn't take away from the match. They had the outside <laughs> interference, and the outside interference is like, no, the match is good enough that, honestly, I'm just here to just add value to this match. So, right now, the way I see, like, th- this entire car from top to bottom, if I had to rank it, it's going to be like an eight and a half for me out of ten. I know that sounds crazy. It's like, wait, Greg, like the most critical person of like this show when it comes to like wrestling pay-per-views, eight and a half. And the reason why I say this, because I've seen six months of pay-per-views and events and main events and house shows and just like brawls and smackdowns and like collisions and shit like that. Like this, the buildup was so good mm-hmm. that yep. I was actually kind of upset that the card ended the way it ended. I was like, yo, like, and it lasted until almost midnight. I was yeah. at an airport watching this shit. Like, I was waiting to pick up my sister and my brother-in-law watching this, like, car. And I never do that. Like, usually with AEW or any other, even WWE, I'm like, all right, like, if I can't watch the match, I won't, you know, I won't watch it. I pulled over to, like, an empty lot and watched the Kenny Omega fight. Like, I sat there and watched it. And I felt like I was watching it for about 60 minutes. And I know the runtime was only about like 20, I think it was between 28 and like 33 minutes or something. It felt like mm-hmm. a it was fantastic. It, it, yeah. it was absolutely fantastic. Um, my, my new girl, uh, Willow, Willow Nightingale, like she is, oh my God, I'm, I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud. She is what the WWE wanted from Nia Jax. Like, I can agree with that. She she not only is like a headliner, but she's a mid like regardless of who you put her with, she's going to present a show. And mm-hmm. Tony Storm is already like premiere to me, but when I watched that match, I was like, oh, like she's competing. Like Nia Jax, whenever mm-hmm. I used to watch her, I'm like, okay, no, she's in this match because they couldn't figure out who else to put here that was like either a woman of color or somebody who was like bigger than their opponent, right? And when I look at Willow, I'm like, oh, like she she has the physique, she has the talent, and the way that she maneuvered in the ring, I was like, oh, I haven't <laughs> seen a, a woman's match that was that good in years. When I say years, even with AEW and, and TNA, like I have not seen a match that honestly I've watched from like the moment like it started until the moment I had to leave the house in order to go to the airport. And even though I, I was mad that the outcome was what it was, Cashley will tell you, I said this the week leading into the event. I didn't really know who like Willow was, but once I saw, I watched a couple of her YouTube clips because I was like, wait, like they push her up this much? Like she's just like they're, they're doing with her with the WWE and NXT is thinking that they're doing with uh my my, my favorite thick woman from uh NXT who <laughs> just keeps having her ACL torn. Um, I even forgot her fucking name. That's that's how that's how bad she's been in the past two years. Like I can't even remember her name. Like I just remember her. Like physically, I'm like, okay, she's a thick white woman that Drake follows on Twitter, right? Or Instagram. But Willow, she, yeah. like, the fact that I'm calling her her first name, like, I've been watching her this entire time. It, 
nothing, nothing about that match with them harmed Willow. Like, even her not becoming, like, you know, victorious in that match, it didn't bury her. With WWE, yeah. if you lose a match, it's like you've been set back three months. Like, you know right, for a fact yeah. you're either mid-card or you're not on the card at all. Or if you are on the card, you're on some tag team match. Willow can literally do the next AEW pay-per-view in a month or two, and she can go for a title fight. She can go to New Japan, do the same fucking thing. And it's like, y'all, like, it, it just felt good to just watch a pay-per-view for the first time in months. I would honestly say years, and I didn't really have a criticism. It just, I felt like a wrestling fan again. I felt like I was actually enjoying it. And the last time I had that was comfortably, I can say, the 2021 WrestleMania. What, what, what was it 2021? I want to say it was 2021 when Stone Cold was in it. It wasn't 2022, right? I think that, that, that was 2022. It was 2022. Okay. So even yeah. if it was 2022, that was the last time I could comfortably say, oh, I just watched a wrestling pay-per-view for it to be a wrestling pay-per-view. And before then, 2016. I can comfortably say that because we were at the 2016 WrestleMania, right? But mm-hmm. ultimately, like, I just want to say, and this is my last statement, I don't want to compare AEW and WWE anymore. I just honestly want people to just recognize, like, a good story versus headline wrestling. If we could just call it that. Like, headline wrestling mm-hmm. is WWE. You're going and you're right. looking at names. You're looking at who your favorite people are and the people that you could follow. You can just literally turn on versus just like story. And right. like you and Pam used to say, like, oh, if you really want a story, New Japan, AEW. <laughs> and it, it just yeah. felt really good. It was really refreshing to honestly just watch an event that started on time. Pre show, they said, hey, you know oh, what? Yeah. Pre show is from six to seven. Seven o'clock, the motherfucking main of like the show was on. I was like, "Oh, they're not mm-hmm. fucking around. They have this this structure." And mm-hmm. I, I I just I have not been that entertained in wrestling in a really long time. So if you guys want to watch replays, if you want to just go and just like witness good wrestling again, this would be my start. And I'm I'm just letting people know again. Last little statement. Excuse the truck that's going by, but. I have not been in a position where I can honestly say the next time AEW comes to DC, Q and I can comfortably go there. I don't, I don't want to go to SmackDown. I don't want to go to Raw. I want to go to AEW just for the story, just for the story alone. And yeah. with the fact that, uh, what's his name? MJ, I will call us dude MJF. Yeah, no, MJF. I know it's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's MJF. MJF yeah. Like, yeah, like, they pretty much opened the car with that. I was like, wait, if they're opening the car with him, like, I thought, like, that's what the story was. They had enough story for three and a half hours. They had enough story. It was like, there was enough build. There was enough story. People actually cared about the, you know, the hero and the... So it's like, regardless of what it was, it was still a good story overall. So, I'm sorry. Of course, there's an asshole out here who just has their alarm on. But, in closing... Again, AW, you're doing everything <laughs> that I, you're doing everything that I thought you would do, just better. I was always of the mindset of like the WWE just being it. Of course, this this fucking pussy. But either way, AW <laughs> continue to do right because right now, when it comes to money in the bank, 
there's nothing they can do that's better than what I just saw on Saturday, uh, on Sunday night. There's absolutely nothing. That's true. Can, that's true. Like, AEW set a, a, a bar so high that I'm looking past Money in the Bank and I'm looking at TLC. I'm looking at pay-per-views because honestly, I don't want to see Roman. I don't want to see anything else. I want to see Deep Forbidden Door. And the fact that it comes on after WrestleMania, the WWE really has, like, are you fucking kidding me? So they really have to figure out what they're going to do in the future because if WrestleMania is happening between March and April, you have Forbidden Door in the summer when more people have the opportunity to travel. Oh my God. So WWE, Vince, Triple H, Steph, everybody else. Yeah, in about two to three years, people are going to be like, okay, do I want to go to WrestleMania to see the same place I've been to in the past three or four years? Or do I want to go to Forbidden Door? And Look, I'm, I've already decided I'm going to Forbidden Door next year. So I've already decided yeah. that. <laughs> so, when I, so wait, so just to confirm and I'll shut up. Phillies seemed good until I realized they were cutting back on everybody at WWE. Mm-hmm. Like they're cutting back on like storylines, they're cutting back on money, they're cutting back on budgets and all this other stuff. And now I'm looking at Forbidden Door, I'm like, okay, yeah, I think and Forbidden Door might be better to go to than WrestleMania. Next and year. listen, Tony Khan spent a lot of money on this event. Brian Danielson came out to, um, uh, what song was that? Well, anyway, Tony Khan in his media scrum said he, his, the amount of money he spent for that was the same amount of a wrestling contract. So Tony Khan really put his money oh, yeah. behind this event. Oh yeah. So say less. Honestly, WWE, I'm gonna give them a deadline of Thanksgiving. If they don't impress me more than AEW did by Thanksgiving, we're going to Forbidden Door. And I love, I love, 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 love WWE. But again, for the fifteenth time, if they don't figure this shit out by Thanksgiving. Forbidden door it is. I land. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, Cashley, thank you for that great wrestling update. Just like I, I can attest um, in the in the group in the group group chat that it was a very very good show. Um, I didn't watch it, of course, <laughs> but um, but I had a reason this time because I was at um, a surprise birthday party for my for my cousin. Um, but thank you for that update. Um, and next, we're moving moving right moving this train right along. There's not much NFL news this this week at well, and it's not going to be much until training camp start. But there is. One nugget that I do want to talk about, and we're not going to talk about it long because y'all should all know what it is. The sale of the the sale of the Washington Commanders is trugging on down to the finish line. Praise God! So um, over the weekend, um, there was reporting that the NFL has scheduled <clears throat> has penciled in July twenty fourth, I believe, July twenty. 20- 20th or the 24th um, to debate and vote on the sale of the commanders from that asshole Daniel Mark Snyder to the, to the group headlined by Josh Harris, the current owner 
of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. Um, also in that, um, in that deal is Mitch, Mitchell Rails, a uh, billionaire from DC, from the DC area, and um, Irvin Magic Johnson. So, <clears throat> it is almost celebration time, uh, Commanders fans. It's almost celebration time. Dan Snyder is almost gone. Almost gone. We got one, we got at least three to four more weeks of dealing with his bullshit. And then he is forever, forever a part of the dustbin of history. So, with that, also, there's there was some other uh, Dalvin Cook was released by the Vikings. Uh, people saw that coming because he's making too much money. Um, there was talk mm-hmm. that he could end up at the Jets or in Miami. Um, so that's still to be played out. Also, um, <clears throat> uh, DeAndre Hopkins is still on the market. Um, the Patriots. I believe was it the Patriots, um, Lou? Patriots and, well, and some other team. Did, did he visit yeah. it? He he visited the Patriots and the Titans and the Titans and the Titans. So we should have a decision a decision on on where DeAndre Hopkins will be playing this season should be coming in the next couple of weeks, if not days, um, because the report said that um, New England is really pushing to get him on board. Um, with is okay. That's nice. Yeah. They need to get Mac Jones <laughs> a clear number one receiver. They do. Oh, I mean, they already, I mean, they, 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 they effed up his development last year by having Matt Patricia call plays. Like, uh, he, an offensive genius, which he's not. <laughs> um, so they, they, the, the Patriots have rectified that by bringing in, our good friend Bill O'Brien. Um, but yeah, the Patriots definitely need a true number one. And even though uh, DeAndre's Hopkins skill is kind of on a decline because he's like, what, 32, 31, 32 years old now? Um, Not sure. You, you can still, Mac Jones can still throw up the ball and he will go get it. Um, yeah. So. So, yeah, shout out to the Patriots that they do get him. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Let's see if that shakes up the AFC East um, just a little bit more. You know, that division has really undergone a transformation this offseason with um, Aaron Q. Jones. I mean, not Aaron Q. Jones. Aaron Rodgers going to, going to, going to the Jets. Um, Jalen Ramsey being traded to the Dolphins. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be an interesting division this year. And, of course, the the greatness of Buffalo with Josh Allen, who I hope plays well enough all season that he ends up being the MVP because he should have got it a couple years ago. Um, but Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, yeah, the, the AFC East is going to be interesting this year. AFC East is going to be very, very interesting this year, especially if the Patriots go go and actually sign DeAndre Hopkins. One thing I can't ahead. say, not to cut you off real quick, Hugh, but about the AFC East, I, you know, they're like like all over SportsCenter and, you know, all the morning ESPN shows and shit like that. It's like they're already crowning the Jets. 
like, like, you know, how they would crown the Cowboys and everything. That's all they talk about is the Jets and the Cowboys. And, and, and if they both fail, it's it's going to be the greatest year of my life. <laughs> okay? I'm so sick of hearing about them already. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't even played a snap for him yet. Exactly. Exactly. And who knows uh, where he has left. Who knows where Aaron Jones, I keep calling him Aaron Jones. Who knows where Aaron Rodgers has left from Tank? Because he's almost, he's 30, about to turn, about to turn 40. You know, so, <clears throat> I mean, you see, you know, Tom Brady did play until he was 45, but he looked at Brady last year. He was clearly done. He was clearly done. And <clears throat> you look at what Rodgers did last year, that decline, Father Time is undefeated. Father Time is undefeated. Uh, so, with that being said, <clears throat> let's move on to the NBA. Jesus Christ, there has been <clears throat> there has been some movement in the NBA over the past couple of weeks. Ever since Denver won the title, uh, we've had some block blockbuster trades. Um, we, the NBA draft happened last week, and of course, Victor Wembanyama went number one to the Spurs. Um, Brandon Miller, number two to the uh, to the Hornets and Scoop Henderson, uh, number three to Portland. Um, there was also some trades in the in the draft. There were some trades made during the draft. Uh, a couple of one, a couple of a prospect that we thought was going for higher drop, including Cam Whitmore from Villanova. Uh, he was projected to be a lottery pick. He ended up dropping down the twentieth to the to the Houston Rockets. Um, so we'll get to all of that in a second. <clears throat> but let's talk about these trades. Uh, the Wizards kicked it off in grand style. If you call it grand style. Um, <laughs> right before the draft, a couple of days before the draft, when they agreed to trade Bradley Bill and his $252 million, no trade clause, full no trade clause, and traded him to the to the Phoenix Suns. Now, at first, I thought, okay, he was traded to the Suns for a bag of for a bag of rotten boiled peanuts and a and an old jock strap. But looking back at it, I think the Wizards. I think the you got a great you have the greatest little better for the Wizards. Now we knew there was a salary dump. They knew we knew that the Wizards had no really no leverage because Bradley Bill had the right to veto any trade. Um, he really wanted to go to Phoenix and. Um, the Phoenix end up sending the Wizards a total of nine picks. And they were all second rounders. Um, you know, most of the picks that they did receive in hand were second round picks. Um, but the Wizards also received four first round pick swaps um, in 2024, 26, 28, and in 2030. Um <sighs> So that's that trade. Oh, they also sent Chris Paul, who was included in another transaction. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Landry Shamet. Um, and yeah. So you look at that return and you're thinking, oh my God, what, what did the Wizards do? But again, they were hand- hand- handcuffed because they gave Bill that big or onerous contract with a full no trade clause. But 
at least now the Wizards have a direction. They're now deep into a rebuild. But the rebuild just got a little better. The rebuild got a little better because over the weekend, uh, well, before the dra- right before the draft, hours before the draft, the Wizards agreed to send Chris Paul and his contract to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole and uh, someone else. But Jordan Poole is going to be a Wizard this season. Before we get into the other Wizards trade, let's talk about those two trades. The, the, the bill for Chris Paul and Andrew Shamet and then the Chris Paul or Jordan Poole deal. What your thoughts on that, on those look? Alright. Number one. Um I think y'all did really good getting all those draft picks. You could turn some of those second round picks maybe into a first round pick. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh now. The only all right. So the Wizards right now, do they have a pure superstar on their team? Not really, you no. know. Not not. No. Okay. Are you okay with them building? Like, so they say they're going to build around Jordan Poole. I'm. You know what? I'm just happy that the Wizards have finally embraced their rebuild, something that should have happened. Okay. And I said okay. That, something that should have happened four years ago when John Wall blew out his Achilles. They should trade a build then. Because he was coming off right. back-to-back all-star seasons. That was his... That's when he was most most valuable. They should have traded him then. They should have, they should have started the rebuild then. So that's 2019. 2019. They should have started the rebuild then. We will be coming out of it right now. I mean, just look at the timeline and look at look at what Oklahoma City did. They started they rebuild after they traded Paul George and Chris Paul, and they're right. now emerging out of it. Right, they nearly made the playoffs last year. And, and I'll, I'll, you know, I think we can legitimately say that OKC has a superstar in uh, SGK. Sha- Shea Gildas Alexander. I said SGK. Yeah. I don't know why I said SGK. Um, but back to the Wizards. <clears throat> they also, uh, Cal Kuzma opted out, right? So he's a free agent. Cal, yeah, Kuzma opted out. He's probably, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a goner. Um, and then we can, we can talk about the next trade the Wizards made, which That's is. That's what I was getting to. Go uh, ahead. I'll let you. So. <laughs> so the Wizards made three different, actually four trades last week because they they did a draft day trade, uh, draft night trade, trading that number eight pick for the number seven to Indiana for Indiana seventh pick and picking um, Bilal Kulabali, um, who was Wimby's teammate on much farther than ninety two, um, which I think is some people was like why. Um, but I don't think it was a bad move at all. I mean, this is going. This is a rebuilding team. They're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. I'm okay with them being bad right now because this was what the Wizards needed. They needed to rip the Band-Aid off. They needed to trade Bill. I mean, it's 11 years, I give him his props. You know, he was a stalwart in the community. Um, but he wasn't winning anything in D.C. He's not a... He's not an alpha. He's not an alpha. He's not going to go out and win right. games. 
by himself. He needs he needs co star. He needs co stars. Like when 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 John Wall was here before the the before the injuries, John Wall was that alpha. John Wall can go out and get you and, and, and win you games. And Bill mm. was the perfect sidekick. Bill was the perfect sidekick. He's not. He's Robin. He's not Batman. Um, but the Wizards third trade that happened. This happened again before the draft was um, the Wizards trading Chris Tapps for Zingas um, to the Boston Celtics. Um, it was a three-team trade. The, the Celtics then traded Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies for two first-round picks. How did he get two first-round picks? I, for Marcus Smart, I don't know, but I'm not Boston. And I'm not going to say this. Good. What did he say? Again, forget, forgive the, like, the music in the background. Let me just say this. Marcus Smart... He will be back on the Celtics in two seasons. And the reason why is once Memphis realizes they can't do anything with him to bundle him in a trade, he's going to go back to Boston as a free agent for cheap. He's going to end up being a starter. Mm, interesting. Okay. And I mean, like, the... The, the the reason that they traded for what he's what two time defensive player of the year. Well, one time he only won it once. One time, once, okay. But I mean, he's you know he, he's a great defender. Uh but yeah, Memphis. I I I don't know why Boston did that. I like everybody was shocked, including Marcus Smart. <laughs> so yeah, I have no idea why. Why Boston did that trade? Yeah, I I don't I, you know all the talk was um, uh, who won the cis man um, last year? Hemby, he, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon. All the talk was oh. Malcolm Brogdon being traded, but his injury, whatever injury he had, scared a lot of teams, so that it basically made him untradeable. Um, but yeah, I don't understand that trade. I don't understand sending Marcus Smart out. That I yeah, that that when I saw that I was like, What? Mm-hmm. Um So yeah, so so going back to the Wizards, like I said, I they don't have a they don't have a bona fide star right now. Um Jordan Poole's gonna put up thirty to forty shots a game. Hey, that's fine, that's what <laughs> that's that game that's what his game dictates. Um, so he's gonna get his numbers. He's gonna get his numbers. If Kubale, Kubali, whatever, how they, how they, you know, if he if he works out, great. Everyone basically is pegging him as like they look at they look at him. They're looking at him as like as people did when the Bucks um, drafted Giannis. If he turns into a Giannis type player, awesome. But like, right now, I, like I said, I don't mind the Wizards being bad. They have to be bad. You know, hopefully they're bad enough this year. Hopefully they're bad enough this year that they could, you know, get the most odds for the number one pick next year. But then again, this year's draft was just so deep. This was the year to be bad. This was the year to be bad. I mean, um, next year, 
next year, next year's draft um, draft pool is looking. It's not looking as deep as it is this year, but it ain't. It's, you know, it's nothing to sneeze on. It's nothing to sneeze on. Um, mm-hmm. But this year was the year to be bad, and that's the only like I wish the Wizards would have went in this direction. You know, years ago, like three, four, even you. yeah. I feel like the draft is going to be this bad for the next two to three years. And the reason why I say that is they're preparing for Bronny. And I know that sounds crazy to think about, but like they don't give a fuck who's going to the draft. Like everybody right now, when you look at how people are stacked up lineup wise, everybody but Portland in the NBA is stacked. They are fucking stacked. The Wizards are stacked with draft picks. Boston is stacked with just every fucking thing. Second round picks. When I look at other teams, I'm like, you know what? They're not going to win, but they're going to be pretty fucking good. Like, they've structured it. When I say structured, meaning cheated, because we, we all know how the NBA is. I, I, like, everybody remembers the the corner fold, uh, the corner, uh, what do you call it? The draft pick where the, the folder was, like, Folded in the corner for Hakeem and shit like that. Like we all remember these things, even though the NBA denies that this happens. We all know it was true. Um, Wimby, like I hate that I'm about to say this out loud. Um, Wimby is not what everybody thinks he's going to be. The same way that everybody thought that Duncan was going to be, like you know, no problem. What's going on, man? Sorry, sorry, but. Wendy, he's going to be good. He's not going to be Duncan. He's not going to be Robinson. And the reason why he won't be both is because they are good in the errors that they were in. Right now, there's too many good people in the NBA to be like, you know what? Wendy is going to be that. And the reason why I say this, and I'm going to just shut up after this, look at Zion. Zion is more worried about the women that he accidentally gets pregnant than the people that he that he plays with on, on the court. Like, remember when Zion was supposed to be Braun, and then when they realized Zion won't be Braun, they're like, okay, let's focus on Wimby. It's like, no, what the fuck happened to Zion? Like, people keep forgetting that just two seasons ago, Zion was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be what Wimby is. Mm-hmm. So, Wimby is literally an ankle injury, an ACL injury, or a injury away from people saying, you know what he is? He is essentially just a seven-seven center. No, he, he he's not. He, he won't reach Anthony Davis status, and the reason why he can't reach Anthony Davis status is not just his height; it's because he has no personality outside of that. Everybody who's been a, a first-round draft pick in the past five years has had a personality. It's like okay, either they've done something stupid, or they just like okay, they just already gave superstar mentality. Wendy just doesn't give that. Wendy gives like okay. I want to play for a team. They did his shoot around today, and he went zero for four. And when I, I'm I sorry, saw he went that. one for four. And the one shot he made was a dunk. It's not hard to dunk when your wingspan is eight foot six. Because again, and I hate to be that person, they are trying to make a center. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Be a point guard. They are presenting Wimby as if like he is a like a diverse player. No, he's going to get on San Antonio and he's going to be a power forward center. The issue with him being a power forward and center is the fact that there are fucking four other positions that they don't have on that team. They didn't draft on that team. Nobody is talking about that shit when it comes to the NBA draft. People are like, okay, like San Antonio has Wimby. Who the fuck else do they have? Nobody. They have a bunch of people that are like, okay, maybe they'll be Tony Parker. Maybe they'll be Manu Ginobili. But you know what they're not? Compatible with Wimby. San Antonio drafted because they knew they had the first pick. After the first pick, they didn't give a fuck who they got. Because here's the thing. He's a project piece. They're expecting to tank again. And, uh, again, because some decade is flushing total in the background. And again, I'm being cute tonight and I apologize. But what's going to happen is this. San Antonio is again, for the second year, they're going to tank. They're going to get in the top five picks because Wimby is not playing more than 60 games this year. What's going to happen is he's going to have the Zion. He's going to be in a position where it's like, okay, great. Like he plays maybe 20, 30 full games. After he plays the 20 to 30 full games, he's going to have that two a week, you know, he's going to have the, 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 the pop syndrome where it's like, okay, you know what? He was supposed to play, but he's not going to play the entire game or he's going to be limited minutes and shit like that. Nobody wants to deal with that. And San Antonio, like everybody cares about Dallas right now. But again, I'll close by saying this. When it comes to Wimby, just expect more people to be concerned about Zion Williamson and if he's going to get traded, which I honestly, I fully think that they're going to trade him too. Um, if he's not going to Dallas, he's definitely going to San Antonio because they need to put him with somebody who matters. So I can see them putting him with Luca, and I can see them putting him with Wendy because New Orleans is not it. And I'm ready for the articles to be like, oh, two number one picks playing together, Wendy and fucking Zion, and neither one of them are going to make a full season together. But you know what? Everybody's saying David Robinson, Tim Duncan. You know what Greg is saying? Can't fucking wait till Christmas when the games don't matter for anybody else but me because we're on the sports desk and we're talking our shit. So, again, I land. I, I, I just want to say something real quick, Q. Um, when when I said uh, comparing him to Anthony Davis, I meant the Anthony Day to Davis, not Anthony Davis, the basketball player. I meant Anthony Davis, the one who's always injured. And I can see that with uh, with Wemby, like hurting his foot, being out for three weeks, just just the, the little injuries that stack up, and that's probably gonna, you know. And I mean, listen, he's got a great coach there too, but you know, a coach can't do nothing about injuries. <clears throat> that's all. Okay. All right. 
Uh, was some good, um, good, good points taken there. Um, I was talking to someone, one of my friends at um, sports, sports bar that I uh, frequent a lot. And one thing I said, he need women's going to have to put on at least 20, 30 pounds. If they're going to play him at the, if they're going to play him at the five. And I know the NBA is moving towards being positionless, um, but. He, he he's not going to survive a season where he is right now. He needs to put on at least he 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 has got to put on at least twenty to thirty pounds. Now, I think now now that he's in the league and and all uh, that will hap- that will happen. I mean, Q, I'm, I'm gonna say this: it's not about the weight and everything that he needs to put on. Wimby needs to play against people who he's going to be playing with in the fucking pros. It's the equivalent of when you have practicing against JV. I know that sounds fucked up to say, but it's the absolute truth. When I I think about, okay, who the fuck was he playing against? Playing against five, six fucking power forwards. It's like, bro, like, what? Like, who, who the fuck is he? Against all those highlights, he's a foot and a half taller than everybody he's playing against, and people were making like, "Oh, a prospect! He's a prospect! He's a prospect because he's playing against a bunch of fucking JV players." Everybody's a fucking prospect, right? Like, if this would have been the NFL, you know where you're at right now? Not in the fucking league. I know that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. Wimby is literally. Right now, what you're saying about him, like, and everything like that, he needs to, but it has to be 15 pounds of muscle. If he gains 30 pounds, you know who he is? Manu Ball. He's somebody who they said, okay, we're going to bulk in the moment. That's what all the fucking injuries are. Can you imagine putting right now... 30 pounds on somebody who's fucking seven, what, he, he was what, seven, five? Seven, four, yeah. Seven, four, so um, imagine putting 30, that, that's essentially putting like a, it's like putting an anvil on a fucking twig. It's like, okay, either it's going to hold up its own weight or it's going to break. 30 pounds, it looks good and NBA standards. The issue is historically, when you look at the NBA, I have not seen anybody who is over the height of fucking seven foot one actually produce to what they think that he's going to produce. Not only in San Antonio, but on the Western Conference. All the centers that are that height and above, they thrive in the Eastern Conference. The West. And the fact that they're trying to make him be three different positions, he's supposed to be positionless. You gotta be fucking crazy. He'll be a 7 5 guy going against one night, he's gonna be against Steph Curry. The next night, he's gonna be going against fucking Bam. The night after that, he's gonna be going against LeBron. What? If somebody can please make that shit make sense to me, like. I will condone it. I will actually allow it. But you cannot tell me out of a seven-day week, he's going against three different positions, three different lineups, because we're in a now, quote-unquote, positionless uh, positionless league. 
I just don't see it in my eyes. So my, I guess the, the moral of my story is this. I really hope that they realize that he is a center. He is just that. He is a fucking center. Don't make him out to be more than what he is. Don't make him out to be the generational talent that Zion was supposed to be. Because you know what? Since LeBron, they've said that shit six times. And they have gone 0 for 6 ever since. So if we could just get there. If people could just take that for what it is. Everybody that they said it was supposed to be the next LeBron. The next generational talent. They have not lived up to the expectations since then. We don't even have to go far back. The last three drafts, I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, you said he's the guy. You said Zion's the guy. You said the guy before Zion was supposed to be the guy. I don't even remember if these dudes are in the fucking league anymore. Zion, honestly, is two years removed from playing in the fucking big three. It's really that bad. So, again, I'll just say, positionlessly, uh, I'm sorry, position nullless league, when it comes to the NBA, when it comes to these players like, you know, Wimby and everything like that, play your position. Don't try to be more than what you are. Wimby, be a power forward, be a center. I respect the fact that he's going and, you know, working with uh, David Robinson. He's working with Tim Duncan. However, he need to be working with his teammates, whoever the fuck they are. Because honestly, I don't even know who the fuck San Antonio has on their roster. Outside of him, when it comes to the draft, I don't know who they drafted because they were just so excited to get Wimby. But you're not selling tickets knowing for a fact that he's only going to play 35 games because you have to load manage him until, like you said, he gains that weight. If he doesn't gain that 15, 20 pounds of weight in the next four to six months, season's already over. That's the first year. He's done. He's essentially Zion in reverse. They want him to get big. They want Z- uh, Zion to get small. I, again, I land. <clears throat> okay. All right, we have um, a couple of voicemails that we're going to play. Uh, let's get this to the mail. Here we go. What's going on, going on fellas this is the men of science yeah i'm just chiming in i'm sure you went through a great deal of information my apologies for the absence i did notice uh that you all were talking about uh Webby, um, the number one pick for san antonio i would have to say uh that he really doesn't need to do anything other than what he's been doing um, i don't believe he needs to gain weight um, i don't believe he needs to bulk up uh, just continue doing what he's doing. I believe he's uh, into the yoga, uh, whatever type of uh, strength training. Just keep that up. I mean, they're from overseas. Uh, the NBA is moving in that direction. So um, he could be a, a, a stretch five, if you will. Um, but uh, even if it's going to go into part two. Okay. All right. Uh, next voicemail. Here we go. Everything is going, uh, the, the game is going more European anyway. So, uh, you know, have them stretch, stretch five, shoot mid-range jumpers, pull the big man out, uh, defensive presence uh, in the middle. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, look at Kevin Durant. You know, he didn't bulk up. He came in, he was skinny. I mean, he gained a little bit of weight. I mean, you could say that's due to age, but... 
you know, he didn't uh, woke up with a muscle or anything like that. He just kept doing what he what he was doing. I think the same thing applies to Wendy. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, get your yoga mat, do your downward dog or whatever it is that you do. Um, start shooting up that, that rock 20 feet. Uh, stretch your range out. Do it like that. Peace, Renaissance. Okay. Um, Lou, Gray, any thoughts of what Renaissance, um, hope I'm saying that right, what, he's, what he said? Uh, I think he's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, he, and then it goes back to Greg's point too. He just keep doing what he's doing. But I do think he does have to get a little weight on him though. Uh, <clears throat> you know, especially being, uh, 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 a center in the NW or NWA and <laughs> NBA because, you know, it's, it's a physical game and he doesn't look to be that physical. Uh, so yeah, I think I think dude needs to beef up a little, like he said, get on a yoga mat or or whatever, and just continue doing what he's doing. I I agree. Um, you know, yes, the, the the league is moving is moving towards how the style of play in Europe, but I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking right now, like just with the roster that, that San Antonio has, um, if you're playing him at the five, <clears throat> if you're playing him at the pivot, and I know, you know he he's gonna have to he's gonna have to put on a he's gonna have to put on a few pounds um, to, to survive an entire season. You playing it? I know not. I know Pop uh, Greg Popovich is probably moving it, moving around. Have him playing the four. Sometimes, sometimes maybe having him at the, playing the three or defending the. You know, I just do. I I just I look at him. And I'm like, he's not going to survive in full season. Like Durant, Durant is the way he is because <clears throat> you know he move he moves all around the court. Like he's he, you know he's more defending on the wing. <clears throat> on the wing, with the top of the wing, than he is on the low block. And now, you know, if Pop plays him like, if it Pop play, if Pop plays Wimby like Durant, he probably will have a very, he probably, be a, you know, I, I think he'll have a very successful career and look almost Katie like. But if they, if they're gonna have him on the, you know, defending the defend, defending the block on the low. You know, on the low block, at his size, he ain't going to survive a whole thing. Agreed. Agreed. Now, let me say, what you, you know, let me just, like, add to what you're saying. I'm not saying I'm changing my opinion or your opinion, but I just have to say this when it comes to KD comparisons. KD, historically, has had someone there to complement his play. Wimby has nothing, and he won't have anything until at the earliest 2025. I know that sounds crazy to think about. Unless they make a significant trade for assets that they do not have, San Antonio is fucked until 2025. So whatever they get in the offseason, whatever they end up doing right now, 
is indicative of what it's going to be. When I look at KD, I'm like, okay, from the moment he got into the league, he had a complimentary player, even if they were drafted the same year, a year before, a year after. Like, there was a complimentary player. San Antonio is not in a position to get a compliment to Wimby. And the reason why is they hedged their bets to the point where even when they drafted, they were drafting, hoping that wherever they picked, somebody in the draft would want that person that year. Meaning like, okay, yeah, we drafted, you know, these random ass two people that honestly we don't need because if we're going to be a positionless team, we could just pick them up and somebody's going to want them like a Boston or Orlando, you know, or, you know, a uh, fucking, I want to say Seattle, but it's not Seattle, but like the Clippers and some shit like that, right? But, excuse me, but the issue with San Antonio is this. Wimby has no compliment at all. And the expectation for him is higher than... Excuse me. I'm trying to think. The expectations for Wimby is higher than the conference that he's in. When I look at the conference he's in, he's in a loaded Western conference. When I say loaded, his own division is so fucking loaded that like they're already doomed to fail to begin the season. When we when we go in what, what is that Q? That is that the, the middle of September when we start doing like the rankings for the NBA and shit like that when we start to talk about like the AP rankings and shit like that. Uh-huh. San Antonio is not going to be in the top 20. They're not. We, we know this shit now in June. I know that sounds fucked up to say, but it's like nobody's looking at San Antonio to win because they already know they have a project and somebody that they they know for a fact that has a... Okay, let me, let me not be an asshole. He has a, a three-year time frame the same way Zion does, but... He has a three-year time frame, but he has a team that wants to win now. San Antonio is going to be a team that needs to win now. When I say win, meaning get into the playoffs. If San Antonio doesn't get in the playoffs in the first two years, we're going to be talking about, hey, um, did that pick make sense? Was it a good decision? Does it matter? Why Wimby and not this person? People want to be talking about that. And the reason why I say that is because just like Washington and no disrespect to the Wizards, I'm looking at the fact that Cam is going to be the John Morant of this year. People are like, yo, why the fuck didn't we, we just completely just forgot. And it's like, oh, because you thought he was injury prone, but you picked a fucking seven, five point guard that wants to be a fucking center because of his height. Like he plays like a point, but he's a center position. So, and you know, and my closing is this. Wimby, I really hope that he is everything everybody hopes for. But historically, we have been saying on this show, for as long as we've been doing the sports test, a lot of the expectations aren't being met. Not because the teams are picking wrong. It's because they're picking these players not knowing the rest of their fucking team. When Zion got picked for New Orleans, we were sitting there, okay, who the fuck else is in New Orleans? You know who it was? Lonzo Ball. When's the last fucking time we said Lonzo Ball mattered in New Orleans? We thought that he was going to compliment Zion. That was, what, two years ago? Two, three years ago? Nothing's happened since. So, imagine a team like San Antonio who has less than nothing. No draft picks that anybody wants. 
Now we're supposed to be like, okay, well, they're going to do something. The answer is they're not going to do a fucking thing. So, Wimby, I, I really hope that they sell tickets this year. Because if they don't sell tickets, you know where they're going to be? Next year, trying to figure out if they're going to be the top three draft picks. Unless they make a significant trade. I don't know who they could trade for at this point. Um, if I'm them, I know it's going to sound crazy. Hey, um, Boston, you have all these fucking second round picks. You have all, all these fucking picks you don't need. You do not need 17, 18 fucking second round picks in the next four years. You don't need it. You really don't need it. You know what? Give us a couple of second round picks. You can have somebody from San Antonio who don't fucking matter. But you know what? It's Boston. We'll just pick anybody who's light skinned that will go against Tatum, right? Like, they'll be a good compliment. Give us. <laughs> Two second round picks, and Brown, and we'll pick somebody off somebody off your roster who matters. Like you know what? Just give us that. We'll just take somebody from San Antonio because why the fuck not? San Antonio needs a Jalen Brown who's like you know what? Even though I know I'm not the star of this team, I'm the star of the fucking team right now because guess what? The person that you want to have as a star of your team, he's not going to make it 82 games. Wimby is not making. 82- Get your ass Jalen Brown and make sure that you know for a fact you secured your lineup for the next two seasons. Because Wimby, I'm going to be really upset when people are sitting there like Wimby, like he wasn't the number one pick for a reason. It was a flop, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you picked fucking Manu Bowl as the number one pick for San Antonio. Hello? Like, they intentionally tanked for, they've been tanking for four years for this moment. Well, see, you, RK, you were, Craig, this is where I like. Go ahead. Like, when, when you're like comparing like all of this, the the one thing that comes to my mind is all right. Everybody knows that San Antonio is not going to be that good this year, and probably next year too. Okay, I don't know what their draft picks are. I don't know what their assets are, you know, or whatever. But I I'm comparing this to the same year that LeBron got drafted from the Cavs because. Nobody, you know, they weren't going to make the playoffs first year, second year. I don't even know if they made it uh, LeBron's second year. I think they might have. But that's what they're going for. They got to build around him now, uh, around Wemby. So once they build around him, then the expectations become higher. And, you know, then people are going to say, well, all right, you know, they got this player. They got him. You know, they got two other good players around him. Now they could, you know, now let's shoot for the playoffs and then keep going from there. Okay. <clears throat> okay, we got one more voicemail. Let's play that. Here we go. You got to remember, you know, when you talk about the next generation talent, the next LeBron, and, you know, all of that stuff. You know, LeBron, the first three years, you could argue that LeBron was Sean Kemp without passing ability. You know, of course, he's, you know, polished in, in those areas, but, you know, it took him at least three three to four years to uh, to develop and then learn how to win. Uh, he didn't learn how to win until he got to Miami. So. Absolutely. That, that's a great point. Yeah. I, I I have to agree. You know, LeBron didn't. I think LeBron made the playoffs his second year. The Cavs made the playoffs his second year in the league. Okay. 
Um, well, but then again, you know, nobody expected, you know, at first they just expected him to win, uh, but he didn't have the players around him. And until, like, uh, you know, our listener Medicine said, uh, until he got to Miami, he had D Wade, he had Chris Bosch, they brought in Ray Allen, you know, so maybe they'll do the same thing with Wemby. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I, I think it's gonna be the same. I mean, we gotta, you gotta remember, San Antonio is, is rebuilding. And you, San Antonio, they do have some. They, they have there's some okay pieces in in San Antonio. Jeremy Cho, Sochan, um, uh, uh, shit. It's crazy. I can't even name the damn roster of Spurs. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Um. But you know there are the place when they right in it. They need a point guard. They, they definitely need a point guard. But <clears throat> I, I, I don't think we can write the full story of Wimby yet. I think it's going to take at least take like two or three years. Like you know, the first two or three years, that's about as much time as as Popovich has left from San Antonio. Because mm-hmm. I think had they not got the number one picks. Pop would probably would have retired after the season. Um. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a minute to for San Antonio to fully build around Wimby and get the get the pieces there that can support not just a playing appearance, but actually getting into the getting in like getting top six and being in the playoffs. Um. I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch. I I, I am interested in see, in seeing his development this, over these next couple of years. Um, we know this year San Antonio is going to be bad. They probably will be up there with the Wizards fighting for fighting for the rights to the number one pick next year. Because um, yeah, we just got to look at reality. San Antonio's roster is not a playoff roster in any stretch of the by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it probably be them, you know. We'd be looking at like draft prospects for next year. It will be the Wizards. It will be San Antonio, and maybe Detroit if, um, <clears throat> you know, fighting for that, fighting for the, fighting for the right to to, to pick number one next year. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch. I, I'm. I'm to say to, to say I'm excited is is, is not doing justice. I want to see how he's going to adjust to being to being in the league. Um it's going to be interesting. I was, I'm just going to, I'm just going to I'm going to close out with that. It's going to be very very interesting. It's going to be very very interesting. Um so with that being said, we have right now this is the exciting time of the NBA offseason. We just had the draft. We had all these blockbuster trades that happened. Um and then on Friday, the main event the opening of free agency. Now, there was one more trade that was made, and that was made today. The should have been coming four or five years ago, but they didn't want to trade him. Didn't want they, but they didn't want to trade him, but they didn't want to keep him. Um, talking about John Collins being traded from Atlanta, from the Atlanta Hawks to the Utah Jazz. Um, 
I don't I don't understand it. I understand the trade because of the new collective bargaining agreement and like the, the penalties for being um over the over the cap and deep you know, over the a luxury tax line are very, very steep starting starting this off season. But you give John Collins away after you you signed him to a hundred and twenty five million dollar contract. You give him away for Rudy Gay. For Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay was on Rudy Gay was like 36, 37 years old. Are you like are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me with this one? I know you saw like traded him traded like what Collins in um because they they had the cap space to do it, but Rudy Gay how, make this make sense. It doesn't. <laughs> Rudy Gay and a bag of chips. That that's what they got for. <laughs> so I mean, I understand uh, why I I, I understand right. why Atlanta. I understand because you know next year you got to pay Dejounte Murray a max contract. I get it. Like I get it. I understand it. But I don't understand like Rudy Gay and a bag of pork boiled peanuts. Really, 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 Atlanta. Well, look look, look a little bit more into it then. Do you think that they? Got rid of him, and then maybe, uh, uh, what's the center's name um, for Atlanta? Clint Capella and Oyeka uh, 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 yeah. yeah, no, no, Capella. Do you think he's gone next, maybe? And, I mean, R- Ruber had it the past couple of months. Like, they might trade Trey Young, too. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, yeah. I heard that. I, I've been hearing those rumblings about Trey Young. I'm hearing those rumblings about Trey Young. Um, yeah, because this, I mean, as presently constructed, this Atlanta team is not a championship contender, and they're a tax-paying team for you to get the seven or eight seed out of the plan, and then you get demolished by Miami. You get demolished by Miami. Or you know, or you, you get demolished by Philly or Boston. Like this is not a championship caliber team. Trey Young plays not a lick of defense. Um, excellent shooter. Does play lick of Does play a lick of defense. You know they thought they solved their defensive problem by bringing Dejounte Murray. Yeah, that didn't work out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But you, you trade. John Collins for Rudy Gay and Cannon Fodder. <laughs> oh boy. The NBA where unexpected happens. So <clears throat> um, You know it. Yeah. So I guess as I said earlier, um free agency begins. Well, teams can start talking to free agents six PM on Friday. Um, we know that there are some headliners out there, especially um, one being a nutcase in Dallas, Kyrie Irving. Um, so let's start right there. Let's start right there. Does Kyrie stay in Dallas? Man, I don't even know if Kyrie knows what he's doing. Like, I, 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 literally, I can't even speak on it because I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I haven't read anything. I haven't seen anything. 
So, I mean, the the latest I heard is, yeah, he he re-signs with Dallas. So, take that what you will. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Especially with Kyrie. Um, another notable free agent, Fred Van Vliet. Does he stay in Toronto, which is the tea leaves are saying now nah, he's gone? Where does he head up? Where does he? Where do you think he lands? <clears throat> uh, call me crazy. I think I, I think Van Vliet ends up on the Lakers. Uh now they probably don't have the money for him, but I just <clears throat> I don't know. I'd call it a hunch. I just I, I think he ends up on the Lakers somehow. Mm, okay. Uh, another notable free agent, James Harden. He hasn't announced that he's opted. He hasn't announced that he's opted out of the contract, but we know he is. We know he's going to. Does he stay in Philly, or as the rumor mill is trolling and saying, does he end up going back to Houston? I think he stays in Philly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't see no reason. He's, he's about to turn thirty-four years old. Houston is nowhere near winning. Nowhere near contention. Yes, they're right. they're looking to sign. You know, they're looking to sign veterans to accelerate their rebuild. But Houston is really I, no. He's not going back to Houston. He. His best chance to win a championship, his best chance is to stay right there where he is in Philly with Joel Embiid, the 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 not MVP who shouldn't be MVP should have been Jokic. But we're going to talk. We, that's another discussion for another day. I think he stays in. I think he stays in Philly. Um, the big the big talk of the playoffs was Austin Reeves. Now, you just said <clears throat> um, that Fred Van Vliet probably might end up in L.A. That means, and we know that out, that the Lakers have prioritized both Hachimura and Austin Reeves to resign, like, and they can match any any deal that is made to them because because, they were, because they're both restricted free agents. Mm-hmm. In order for the Lakers to get Van Vliet, they got to renounce everybody. All they're gonna renounce all their free agents. That's D'Angelo Russell. I think Jared Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is a free agent. Um, they got to re- renounce Hachimura. They got to renounce um, Austin Reeves. I don't see the Lakers doing that. I really don't. Because like they would I have said, to do it, it. was just a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. Um, but I, I'm sorry. I, I do know the Lakers sure. were. They said, like, the, you know, one of their top priorities was re-signing Austin Reeves. So, I don't know. I mean, make some trades. Uh, you know, do something else, and you know, possibly get Beverly. But you know, like I said, just a hunch. Yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm with you on that one. With you on that one. Um, so, 
I feel like we don't have plenty to talk about next week. Um, with the NBA, um, given, you know, with free agency right around the corner and see who which I don't think it's going to be a lot of spending. I mean, cause it's, it's just like, just about, you know, every team is trying to cut salary because of the new CBA. Um, mm-hmm. but it's going to be interesting to see like where they end the ones that we mentioned, Van Vliet, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, where they end up, um, where, where Draymond Green ends up going, whether he stays with Golden State or signs for the new team. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a, a very interesting free agency period. Especially, like I said, with the, 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 with the penalties for being over the, over the, over the luxury tax line that is coming into effect with this, with the new CBA. Um, for the starting this off season, so it's going to be interesting. So we have um, a few voicemails. We're going to play those, um, and then we can quickly talk some baseball, um, and then we can, and, you know put a nice bow on this show and get us get us on out of here. So let's play these voicemails now. Here we go. You're right. Uh, Popovich uh, has maybe two, three years. I mean, he's getting up there. But um, Wimby's going to be his final, his final chapter, his uh, final experiment. I mean, he did, uh, did the same thing with uh, David Robinson. And then Wimby. That's his final chapter. And then he's going to leave right when, when they're on the cusp of going to the next level. And then Popovich, that's how he's going to live on. They're going to keep bringing up his name and Popovich laid the blueprint. And so that's, he's, just, he's just working on his, uh, his Cinderella final chapter as his strategy. But, uh, yeah, they'll be all right. Build through the draft and uh, they'll do it like that. A couple of trades and uh, they'll be right there. And then Pop's going to leave. All right. Next voicemail. think they're going to uh, pull the uh, pull that trade with uh, Trey Young. He's a money maker. He's a seat filler. Uh, he's good with the local celebrities. Um, they need him right now. But they also need to win. So just put some complimentary pieces around them. Um, some defensive players, some rebounders. Um, couple of shooters out there on the wing, just like they did a couple of years ago, and they'll be fine. But they'll trade Zion to New York before that happens, which I still think Zion's going to New York because he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. All this stuff is going on with him is just distractions. I know he has that weight problem, but he'll get that weight down. You should be to New York, he'll get in shape. That's what New York needs right now. Get rid of Randall and revive Okay, and <clears throat> last voicemail. Here we go. Hypothetically, if they do get rid of Trey Young, I could see them doing a swap, James Harden for Trey Young. James Harden's not trying to win the championship. He just want to pat stats. He go to Atlanta and do that all day long, and eat barbecue chicken and gain weight, do whatever it is that he wants to do right here in Atlanta. 
that's right. the truth right there. That is. That is. That is definitely the truth. All right. It was like we lost Greg. Um, that's okay. So, thoughts on the baseball on on the baseball season so far, Lou? Yeah, it's been all right. It's been pretty good. Uh, uh, I guess you know. I guess the the story of the past month or so has been these uh, Ellie Daily Cruz and the Cincinnati Reds went on a, uh, I believe it was a twelve game winning streak. Took over first place in the uh, National League East. Or central, well, I mean. central. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's he, he's fun to watch. That dude is I really, agree. really fun to watch, man. I, I so, uh, other than that, like you know, you 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 got this, the the usual suspects. Uh, you know, Otani leading the leading the league in home runs, uh, dominating as a pitcher. So, but you know, he just. The team around them, they're, they're only a game back of the wild card right now. So all-star break's coming up in about two weeks, two and a half weeks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, the trade deadline, I believe, is end of July or very much. Right, it's August, August 2nd. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find out in the next month who the uh, buyers and sellers are going to be and who are the contenders and the pretenders. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It, it, I, yeah. Ellie De, De La Cruz is definitely fun to watch. She is, he is, yeah. he is box office material right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, since he's come come up, like the red has just been, they've been red hot. I mean, I mean, they cooled yeah. off. They, they got cooled off over the weekend. Um, Atlanta went in there, but even we even said those were. Even though Atlanta won two out of three, or I think it either swept them, I can't really remember. They were they weren't blowouts. They were no, yeah, right. You know, they you know the, the the Reds were down in the bottom of the knife, and they lost only by one run. And mm-hmm. I know Saturday that like two home runs were hit in the bottom of the knife, and just couldn't get over the top. The same thing happened yesterday. Um, they were down. I think. They were down by four runs in the bottom of the ninth, and they scored three. Just couldn't get that last one over. Cincinnati has impressed me. We, you know, at the beginning of the year, we we had mega jokes on Cincinnati, like this could be the worst team ever. Yeah, that now belongs to Oakland. <laughs> that garbage, mm-hmm. garbage dump. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati has really, really impressed me. And like I said, De La, De La Cruz, Ellie De La Cruz has been sensational to start. Yep, like and I said, fun, with that. fun to watch. Very, very fun to watch. He just hit for the cycle uh, two days ago, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. Don't well fact check me on this if you want. But um, the youngest and quickest in. Uh, Baseball history to get a cycle. Wow, not not too sure about that, but I'm almost positive. Wow, oh uh, yeah, he he is definitely the if you have MLB extra innings or MLB TV, whatever their you know 
watch him. He 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 is he is very very fun to watch. He's very very mm-hmm. fun to watch. All right. Um, yes, we have the All Star break coming up, so we have the All Star the starters announced either this week or next week. Um, so yeah, we will. July is definitely going to be the month that we see who the pretenders and contenders are, who's going to be buying and selling at the deadline. Um, yeah, the fun part of the MLB season is on, is, 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 is nearest. Um, yep, so coming up. So with that being said, um, we're going to skip awards for this week. Cause I don't really have nine unless you have some Lou. I had one, but I could save it for next week. No, go ahead. Let me say it. All right. Okay. Well, I got the. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, again not not to use the term again, but a usual suspect that's we've given out plenty of awards to him so far this year. But uh, the Bill O'Brien, you know, you done fucked up award is uh, going to Antonio Brown, the former. NFL wide receiver. What the hell has he done now? Well, he had a 94% owner's stake in the Arena League, the Arena Football League team, the Albany Empire. Uh, Forgive my dog in the back, please. Um, But they terminated the membership and kicked the Albany Empire out of the league over a failure to pay a mandatory assessments that were that are were like way overdue, and now coaches, uh, players, and everything are filing a lawsuit against Antonio Brown now. So this guy just can't stay out of trouble. <laughs> God, what he just can't. can't. Yeah, he, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, I was gonna save it for next week, but yeah, he's uh he'll probably have something new pop up next week, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Like well, like I said, I have no awards this week except my usual right. um Dan Snyder get the fuck out of town award goes to Dan Snyder. He mm-hmm. just wants you to get the fuck out of the league. <laughs> Three more weeks, guys. Three more weeks. Three Three more, more weeks. weeks. All right. Well, this was another fun episode of the Best Damn Sports Show on Stereo, the Young Black and Body Sports Desk. Um, we will be on next week, the day before the 4th of July. Um, so we will see you then. If we if we don't see you then, uh, I hope that you have a very safe and fun holiday. Um, safe, fun, and enjoyable holiday. However, mm-hmm. you may choose to celebrate it. Um, please be careful out here in these streets because uh, life is life and it's, it's real out here. So until next week, everybody, we'll see you then. Peace out. Peace out, y'all. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. 
It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. (laughs) 